1: Drafting from the 105 at Underdog Fantasy in the Little Board. That's what we're talking about today on roto OT. We're not talking about it, Sean. We are doing it as things happen. We are in the spot 105 as we get ready to make those selections. It is 20 rounds. It is $10,000 to first place. A $3 entry fee. So not the high stakes, but the high prize money is there. $10,000 is nothing to be you know, sniffed at in these situations. It is 65% fall. It is the underdog little board, Sean. As always, if anyone's signing up to an underdog account, they can use the code ROTOVIS to get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100. We talked a little bit in that last show about where our preference would be for our first selection. I mentioned maybe a little bit further back, but the 105 is an interesting spot. But we mentioned it's a little bit flat at that point well surprises here Christian McCaffrey goes at 101 so maybe Sean we we see somebody slide back that uh shouldn't slide back in Justin Jefferson or Chase I don't think that happens but let's hope some running backs come off the board here and we could see but how are you feeling about the 105 and who are you expecting that to be obviously it's a Tyree kill range it's a cup range a Diggs range AJ Brown could be in play but Travis Kelsey then the the non-wide receiver that's in the, the mix here and uh, how surprised are you at the, the CMC at 101?
2: You're never surprised when the best weapon in all of fantasy football goes one-on-one. Obviously, in a half PPR, there are advantages to the running backs that you don't get in full PPR. At the same time, McCaffrey specifically is going to lose a little bit of this value relative to you know, perhaps a, a Jonathan Taylor type of back, a Derrick Henry type of back in this format. But I mean, if Christian McCaffrey has a McCaffrey type season, then people are going to be looking back and saying folks who got McCaffrey at 103 they were the real winners folks who reached for him at 101 they're right there in the mix to win the overall prizes so not surprised and also not surprised that Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase go two and three
1: yeah not surprised I thought they'd go one and two but the the top three as you would expect Sean it's gonna be interesting here as we are on the clock Cooper Cup goes off the board he was somebody I was interested in Hellas probably my next preference you mentioned some potential concerns right and digs who are you feeling here at this particular point are you going deep down the board or are you going with tyreek hill here
2: no i think this has to be hill or travis kelsey it sounds like you are on hill i mean one of the ways that i really like to play this is with a jalen waddle a way to play that miami offense that isn't quite as, as expensive and i think that 2023 could be and perhaps we should even think that it will be the year that hill and waddle flip one of the things that ben and i talked about at length on one of our last stealing bananas shows was that waddle had this amazing season and really left a lot of catches on the table which that means you left a lot of yards on the table that's a little bit of a concern you know if you have a quarterback at any point go away from him because he's not trusted to make a contested catch or to come through at the big moment he had some huge drops in the wildcard game that they very well could have won and sprung the massive upset despite the disparity in quarterback play if he makes those catches but i mean jalen waddle's not going anywhere his target volume i mean it's not going anywhere unless somehow these drops get even much more extreme and that means if he has a season where whether it's because he makes some mild improvements or it's just random which could very easily be the case and he catches a higher percentage of balls but jaylen waddle any particular catch could go for an 80 yard touchdown his upside is to finish as the wide receiver one so that's a great way to play it and yet if you're sitting there right in the spot where tyreek hill is the value i think you're going to draft a few of those teams
1: yeah, and you mentioned uh, as the the board has gone along, obviously AJ Brown goes off the board, but C.D. Lamb is the one ten, Jonathan Taylor the one eleven. I'm on Ross and Brown one twelve, Jalen Waddle the thirteenth pick off the board at the the two oh one, the drafter out of uh, the twelfth spot there. Going with Brown and Waddle, I, I would have been interested to see if Waddle had a slip back to us. But one of the reasons, Sean, we were talking about on the show earlier this week on Monday that we were, well, I was interested in, and you kind of I think hinted at it a little bit was the possibility of getting one of those wide receiver ones and then being able to have the option of either guard Wilson you know Austin Eckler's there Saquon Barkley's there there is a lot of interesting options in this range still so we are picking in four selections and you're adding players to our our queue here but they are a lot of options outside of really quarterback here that I would be um, interested in seeing what we can do so Wilson goes off the board but kind of a, a reverse hero RB kind of strategy Sean feels like and that selection you know where we picked could be very very interesting as Barkley goes off the board one pick to us we'll see if that is an option Brees Hall is somebody you've added further down the, the board I've noticed that you haven't added Ken Walker or Devontae Smith to the the queue we might talk about that they're both guys that we have really liked uh, last year in particular but Austin Eckler Sean is available we don't know what's going to happen with his contract but one thing I'm pretty confident is that he's he's going to be playing in the NFL this season and, and being quite productive about it. How do you feel about him? Next option will be T Higgins.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're getting almost a full round of value here and it's possible, obviously that he continues to fall down the board in some of these drafts. It's possible that he goes somewhere that is less favorable than the Chargers. This possibly stays with the Chargers in a far less favorable situation. One of the things that they've talked about is to try and get a little bit more vertical on offense, to try and get more power running on offense. Both of those things could potentially harm his workload. But as you mentioned, what are we sure about? One, that Austin Eckler is going to be in the NFL next year, and two, that he's going to be one of the three or four best running backs in the NFL. He's pretty you're willing good. to. Yeah, I mean, you're willing to bet on his abilities and you're willing to bet on... The volume being there, I mean, because one of the things that we start with with Eckler is that he hasn't been the early down runner that you see from a Christian McCaffrey that you saw from a Jamal Charles, and yet his ability to impact an offense, his ability to score from distance like an Aaron Jones. I mean, Eckler has been the guy over the last several years to get him at pick 20. Frankly, it's just a little bit absurd. He's one of those guys where early in the first round last year, we had some questions about what the risk-reward was, and the reward turned out to be absolutely fantastic. Obviously, we talked in the previous show about it's better to be a year early as opposed to a year late in getting out on the older players, but at the same time that if you're getting extreme discounts where – have so much reward at that point you want to go ahead and do that and one of the things too with eckler here as the second pick at such a discount is that it creates so much flexibility now for you to draft the rest of the way now again this draft has been pretty wide receiver heavy and so it's just very easy in underdog to get wiped out at receiver and think that you're going to be able to do things that you're not able to actually do but starting tyreek hill austin eckler I mean, now we're almost playing with house money. And again, this is a $3 draft. So anybody who is interested in getting some practice in and having the chance to win $10,000 for just three bucks, I think mean, there are going to be a lot of entrants in the tournament. You want to keep that in mind. Don't spend money that you don't have. McCollum, we're going to have a lot of fun here for just $3.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying how things have kicked off. I did mention Kenneth Walker and Devontae Smith. We are just two picks away. We have Brees Hall and DK Metcalf in the queue. I'm hoping that one of them will slide to us. There is a lot of other options, but for me, they are the priority options um here if we could get one of those guys sean adding and debo samuel and deandre hopkins into the mix as well we'll see what happens but those two guys sean who you didn't add to the queue is that just based on there's a lot of players in this range that you like ahead of them that you think are better values are they players that you just think are are vastly overpriced at this point because i i know they're both players that you really like their their talent
2: Oh, breeze hall goes that's the 27th <laughs> overall pick we have the 29th pick here it now we're hoping that dk metcalf makes it one more slot that would allow us to address the wide receiver position we really don't have any of those four running backs who have adps in between dk metcalf and Debo samuel those four guys would be derrick henry nick chubb josh jacobs and travis Etienne. but dk metcalf does go there at pick 28. What are your thoughts here? I mean, the running backs after, like Ramondre Stevenson, I think, similarly as strong. Josh Jacobs coming off the season he had last year. Even though he I've never been a Jacobs guy, he would probably be the player. Do you have any interest in taking a DeAndre Hopkins to get uh, the...
1: I would rather have Samuel, but if you want to take Hopkins, as you have the controllers and we, we're running out of time, and I'm sure the listeners are all chuckling along as they, they've really enjoyed the way Sean set that up for DeAndre Hopkins. I think i think sean anyone anyone listening and give sean a round of applause the way he set that up as we we got hopkins <laughs> but uh debo samuel would have been in an, of interest either the running backs I, I would be interested in in derrick henry um i just think that in terms of where he has been in terms of production it seems like you know when you're getting him at the 310 where he's just gone pick 34 i think it's a a very fair price he did go behind Josh Jacobs who you mentioned Travis Etienne on one pick then Justin Fields then that's who went next but there is a lot of wide receiver Sean going in this range the player though I probably would have went for there was was Debo but Hopkins still a lot of uh, this is the the part of the conversation where when we go back to what we were talking about with Tyreek Hill Devonte Adams the veteran wide receivers you know how things could slow down potentially for some of those guys and then we have DeAndre Hopkins who is going basically three full rounds after those guys and i I could see hopkins putting up the same points as them so i guess when we're taking him in that range that's a positive more for hopkins than it is a negative maybe for the other guys but the one thing about hopkins i do have concerns about when players are missing time they're getting older then obviously he missed time for the the suspension question marks around that I, i start to wonder is he you know past that he's definitely past the prime but is he even further beyond that age cliff at this particular point in time but adding him there at the pick 29 um gives us tyree kill deandre hopkins which again is a is a solid wide receiver room to, to kick things off we have gotten up there a few times sean uh there was a few players that we thought we were probably in a more comfortable spot than we were but overall i think we're we're going in a nice direction here we are moving into the middle of the fourth round now Ramondi Stevenson went off the board then uh, Amari Cooper DJ Moore who is now obviously with the Chicago Bears and Ashley Harris going off at of the 4.3 uh, which probably where he should have been going last year when he was in that late first round for for selections we get uh, Mike Williams Christian Watson we are two picks away now Sean top of our queue we, we had Joe Burrow in there he has gone off the board the draft picking up a little bit of pace which I'm um, Happy to see at this point. We have Jerry Judy, Drake London, Michael Pittman, Keenan Allen. You've mentioned a number of times about Keenan Allen being uh, vastly underpriced. One player, Sean, you don't have in here, and I do think we need to address wide receiver further at this point, but I do think TJ Hawkinson in this range is interesting at the tight end position. But yeah, we have some options, and second-year Drake London kind of piques my interest here. Uh, but how are you feeling? We're on the clock. Jerry Judy. Are the Broncos going to bounce back this year? And again, I mentioned the, the price for... Uh, Najee Harris. This feels like where Pittman probably should have been going last year, but he he may be sufficiently priced at this particular moment in time.
2: Yeah, I think you're getting great price on Michael Pittman. You're getting a fantastic price on Jerry Judy. He seems like the clear cut selection here. One of the reasons why I would have been okay with going with that second running back, getting a Brees Hall on top of an Austin Eckler, is that I think that this range, this tier of wide receivers, is undervalued relative. the guys going in rounds two and three now the problem that you have is that you only get one pick per round so if the round four wide receivers are undervalued but you can only draft one of them that doesn't address all of your structural issues and so you still have to be aware of the fact that you have to get enough wide receivers total but you can draft a guy here you can hope another player falls we're probably going to get a good receiver at the five five but jamar gibbs Also somebody where, I mean, I think his value at some point this off season is going to absolutely explode. He, for me is similar to where we were last year with Brees Hall. Brees Hall ended up being one of our very highest roster players. He then looked like he was going to be one of the three or four biggest winners of the entire 2022 season. Unfortunately injuries got in the way, but If I have Gibbs at about the same level in terms of total roster I was thinking
1: that is a high mark there that we're setting uh,
2: for for Gibbs here. Yeah, I I think it's hard not to be pretty happy with that. It's a little bit of an awkward level here price-wise. His ADP versus where we're going to draft at 53. But he does go at the 501. The drafter at the turn obviously is not going to get to pick for a long time. And so you maybe have to reach a little bit. One of the things that I would just throw out here in terms of mild tweaks for 2023, and we're going to go into this in a lot more detail in later shows, we want to throw a few of these nuggets in from time to time as we're doing the draft shows, is just I'm going to be a little bit more willing to reach in 2023 and play to my board a little bit less concerned with getting ADP values. Again, we'll go into detail on why that is and how you're going to benefit from that deeper into the offseason McCollum Michael Pittman does not make it quite back to us he goes at pick 50 we're up at pick 53 the top players on our board Drake London Jackson Smith and Jigba Jamison Williams Chris Godwin and then uh he sh- shall not be named at the tight end position who do you like out of these guys We're one pick away
1: we, we probably should take he who should not be named just for the the pure fun of it but um drake london's there I, i'm interested in that and george pickens as well the, the player i was going to pitch for was tj hawkins and he went two picks earlier I, i'm on board here sean if you want to go with that player that will not be named uh but he may be there in the next round but you've already made the pitch that you're you're happy to reach i think drake london's the pick here and that is not the person we, we'll, we'll let the listeners know uh who that player is when he's selected and hopefully maybe for us in the next round but yeah sean this isn't it you you just made the point i just want to reiterate it to the listeners in this zone where we've mentioned a number of the wide receivers um somebody who wasn't on our board two players actually who weren't really up for selection for us in this terry McLaurin and christian kirk also in this range who are both good nfl wide receivers Uh, you know kirk had a really solid season last year but you are looking from kind of wide receiver 23-24 all the way down to kind of wide receiver 36. There is a lot of options in this range and Sean just added a name to the queue and Jahan Dodson who is wide receiver 41 who I absolutely am all aboard this season. So there's a wide range of of players in here, Jamison Williams, Chris Godwin, Marquise Brown, George Pickens, lots of options at the wide receiver position. So trying to get two to three of those guys if you can between rounds four, five and six would be kind of the the dream scenario sean but as we see since we met our selection i mentioned the pick of mcclure and then it's christian kirk it's smith and jigba jameson williams tyler lockett that is the row so when you get into this range too there's obviously the wide receivers that we want to get but there's also 11 other teams as chris godwin goes off the board who want them wide receivers so sean mentioned about you know taking that step a little bit earlier we mentioned the drafter in the 112 who is after going and getting gibbs probably around to a half around ahead of adp but isn't going to have the option if he doesn't take them at that point you don't want to miss out on this range either so there is going to be times i think even taking some of these guys around ahead of adp is going to be the the smart play as well george picking sean off the board we are five selections away the wide receivers are getting wiped out in a, a major way top of our board though sean is he who shall not be named and marquise brown De- DeAndre Swift, JK Dobbins, Treylon Burks, Jahan Dodson, who I mentioned. So I would love to get two of those, two of those six names here in our, our next two picks. That can be that can be hard when there's 12 selections between them and five picks before. That's So 17 picks, Sean. What's the chances that we get two of those now? Five as he who shall not be named, Sean, goes off the board. Let the listeners know who it is.
2: Well, Kyle Pitts had an ADP of 63. <laughs> he goes exactly at 63 to one of the most experienced and successful drafters in this draft. I think that will end up being a significant bargain. I don't know if I would have wanted to add Kyle Pitts to a team here where we already have Drake London. There are some advantages to getting both guys. There are some advantages to splitting those players up and betting on the breakout for one or the other. Column, as we run through here, Marquise Brown was fantastic in the first five weeks last season before he gets hurt. You're looking at a Kyler Murray injury limiting his upside but if Hopkins is moved the competition probably also dries up he goes two picks ahead of us DeAndre Swift J.K. Dobbins huge NFL talents problems with the workloads but we're now in round six so those problems are maybe less relevant than the talent Traylon Burks Jahan Dotson the two receivers here second year players with the breakout who do you like
1: I think we'll go Swift unless you strongly want Dobbins
2: so the little headline with Dobbins as you, I mean, the little headline with Swift as you click on him there is remains in lion's plans. So anybody <laughs> who was worried that maybe Deandre Swift wasn't in the lion's plans. The other thing is that for some reason, Deandre Swift was not in the lion's plans. Then they're probably going to be probably not 31, but like 27, 20 other teams like he could be in the plans for us. So you have that signing. It's a good signing from a reality football perspective they bring in david montgomery who can be a between the 20s pounder he can be a goal line bruiser he can be a receiving back i mean one of the things with david montgomery that i think gets overlooked is that yeah he doesn't have the explosiveness and we probably spent too much time before he was drafted telling people don't draft him in the top couple of spots in your dynasty leagues he does not have the explosiveness to be a superstar now people are really shying away because he doesn't have that explosiveness. But what he does have is a three-down profile. How do you like him compared to Jamal Williams as it relates to DeAndre Swift and what he is going to do as a fantasy player? You're like, I'm I'm looking at Jahan Dotson and Traylon Burks. And That's trying what to I have. Get back around. We have four picks in the interim here. Burks does go at 72. That's right about ADP. Dotson still there. His ADP at about eighty. We have pick seventy-seven.
1: We want Dotson. That is we're 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 counting down to, to Dotson. But back to to Swift. I, I'm not a big David Montgomery supporter. That's no surprise to people listening. And that. <sighs> I think he's pretty comparable to Jamal Williams overall. Um, being a Packers fan, I've I've seen what Williams could do before the Lions. Obviously, I didn't expect him to get in the end zone as much. He is a a talented player, but I still think we haven't really seen the the upside of um what Swift can do fully on a consistent basis. And I, I do think that a bit like you mentioned with Eckler who you know doesn't get all the work I think maybe that's the profile again linking him back to Eckler we've done that a few times this year I think that's the way we probably want to see him used I wouldn't be against Montgomery getting some of that earlier down work if that meant that that Swift was going to get more of the third down stuff and uh, keep him fresh The, the, the problem last year for Swift was those long explosive runs that he had when they happened he tended to get tackled inside the you know five or inside the 10 yard line then they were punched in so the other part with that is David Montgomery does go at the the 0 and maybe it's just me. I, I don't think they should be any way close in terms of ADP. If we were getting Montgomery in the 10th, 11th round, maybe then there's a play to do that. But if you're taking those two guys at pretty much the same ADP, I think we're clearly going um, and getting swift each and every time. Jahan Dodson, Sean, I'm not giving you any time. We're on the clock. There's four seconds left. I was filibustering, talking about a completely different player that we've already taken. Jahan Dotson was the only option there.
2: Jahan Dotson does get to us, not a huge surprise because his ADP was a little bit later. But you know that wide receivers can fly off the board a little bit early. We take him ahead of Kadarius Tony, the potential Chiefs breakout player in 2023, who had an ADP of around 73. We take him ahead of Gabe Davis, who, in any kind of one-game setting which if the team does as well as we hope, as well as we expect, does become very relevant because, I mean, that's the week that you win it all. Davis is a guy that you like there. He could have a 200-yard, three-touchdown game at any time. He does go at pick 80. The Bills have just sent out so many signals at this point that they want to upgrade the wide receiver two spot that I am looking to move him in dynasty. I think that he's a rough pick in best ball And I'm a a big Davis believer. I, I think that he still is going to have a very nice career, big picture. Call him another guy who is coming off of injury. And we think about DeAndre Swift and how that impacted his 2022 in such a big way. That would be Rashad Bateman. I guess even with that being the case, I'm surprised that his ADP is at about 86. He has the ability to just absolutely Blow the top off compared to everybody going in this particular range, and I think that if Lamar Jackson is there, which I guess I would still lean to, even with the news that I mean he obviously wants out, but if they go in a different direction, there are options. You mentioned how Devonte Adams in the previous show, Derek Carr, big season with Jimmy G, probably have a big season with. They're going to be some guys that the Ravens can go to and get competent enough quarterback play that if Rashad Bateman can just stay healthy especially with the amount of just what his target share should be I I think this is the season that he is a league winner so I hope that he falls a little bit more we do have some time to wait here Deshaun Watson goes one pick after Dak Prescott that I think is interesting Watson purely from a fantasy perspective has more value than Prescott this would be the season where you do expect him to either turn it around or kind of work himself out of the NFL. Now he can't work himself out of the NFL because the Cleveland Browns have given. They'll the have to find a job for him,
1: but, uh, you know, somewhere. I don't know if it's like serving fries. They're gonna, they're gonna have to get money back for that contract some way.
2: Yeah. Well, my, my family members are always talking about Madison Bumgarner here with the Arizona Diamondbacks and how um, they just need to put him on the ground, staff. And I don't kind of <laughs> think that. I don't think that that's the way you can really make that contract work. But. A similar dynamic there where some of these guaranteed contracts can be a little bit of an issue. Colm, one pick away. Rashad Bateman does have the top ADP. We need the drafter here to pass. If he does pass.
1: I think we have two options here. We do have Bateman. We also have two as an option at quarterback, but I would rather get the Bateman option. Reports seem to be pretty positive with him as well in terms of uh, should be back. Uh, we have the option of both. So I think we go Bateman here who seems like he should be back. You know, active in his uh you know pre pre-season i guess we'll say routine in terms of getting back to 100 percent. and there's no real concerns of him as we get ready to enter the season the tagline that comes up here is continues to progress sean i think with the ravens at the moment with you know lamar jackson the contract situation and him asking for the trade and so on and so forth i think it's put like it's deflated all the adps of the ravens players we talked earlier about jk dobbins and i think the similar with lamar jackson funny enough with bateman if jackson left and they did have a different quarterback sometimes you know not having a mobile quarterback might be better for the wide receiver for the baltimore ravens the best quarterback they can have is lamar jackson i think they should be doing all they can to keep him there but i think uh, bateman is somebody here at the you know pick 92 the 808 who is Vastly undervalued. You're also looking at cordland Sutton, who I think could be interesting as a bounce back. For I just haven't set my full range of expectations on what's going to happen with the Broncos this year. I, I do have a feeling that it's it's going to all work out for them, and it's going to work out for Russell Wilson this year, who's just had a, a knee procedure recently. Should be back 100. But Adam Thielen goes on the next pick, and again, when we're doing these one v ones, I would much rather have uh, Bitman versus. Adam Thielen. Tua does go with the 8-10. That's pick 94. Then Alvin Kamara. So we don't get him, but we do have a lot of other quarterback options that Sean is adding into the queue. But just to do a quick recap off the team, Sean, it's Austin Eckler, it's DeAndre Swift, it's Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Judy, Drake London, Jahan Dodson, Rashad Bateman. No tight end at this particular point in time, but no quarterbacks, no tight ends. But I think the wide receivers, running backs is quite, quite enjoyable after uh, eight selections so far how are you feeling Sean as we move through it adding some of the tight end options to the queue and Dalton Schultz, Cole Komet, Pat Fairmuth, uh, of There there's some of these second year options Sean you're after adding Dulcich to the queue that I, I'm very interested in uh, Trey McBride also adding him in there so I think it's going to be interesting again as we I, I like getting into these situations where we're rounding these teams out and trying to, to fill it in and we're two picks away Sean No surprise to the listeners. Guess who is the top quarterback? Sean has added to the queue here. It is Daniel Jones. How are we feeling here as things set up? Elijah Moore top of our queue. Then Daniel Jones has just gone off the board. So I was going to ask Sean, how is he feeling? He's obviously feeling despair after that has happened. We are on the clock. Who are we? Who are we going with here, Sean? I'll leave it up to you at this point.
2: No, we have a lot of options at QB. Daniel Jones would have been a guy who gave us that rush hybrid element that we discussed in the last show as being a player that you could pick and then pair him with some lower end pass oriented qbs colin you okay with james cook at this I, selection?
1: I i, I seen you didn't have him starred but i thought he was very interesting based on on how things are setting up here with adp so that's the 905 pick 101 we're into the triple digit selections now but adding as a third running back for the buffalo bills on the roster i think is uh it's, it's an, feels, feels appropriate. sometimes. Price is just feel correct. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, the, the running back, off the board just before that. Then we get Kirk Cousins. There's a lot of options, Sean, here at, at quarterback. And if we look through the options that are in the queue, just to give some reference to people listening, we have Trey Lance, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. And I don't know, Sean, if you agree on this. I think that okay you're gonna for people wondering sam howell is uh in the queue as well but he's qb 29 uh kyler murray feels sean like the most undervalued quarterback by adp this year do you agree with that or disagree
2: again i think it depends on if you're playing against 11 other players or if you're playing in a huge tournament and if you're playing in a huge tournament where you're going to be in a three qb build and with The pre-NFL draft versions of these underdog contests, their 20-round drafts, those extra two roster spots do give you a little bit more flexibility to go 3QB because when you're talking about rounds 19 and 20, you don't necessarily have a great sense of which players at those prices are going to be able to get any shot at volume. Now, we're going to take some guys we like at those spots, so don't think we're just going to throw those picks away. But when we're looking at this... a big picture perspective because of who we have and drafters are always asking you know what do you think about the stacking what do you think about the correlations if you can get the that element to work inexpensively or in a way that allows you to do some other things that you want to do anyway then obviously you strongly recommend it one of the things as you look at this particular team is that we really wanted to because we have tyreek hill but we had a player we felt like was a must draft at that spot we took him who did not come back to us again I prefer to take that player as opposed to force the QB element there in part because we had Jerry Judy on this team and Russell Wilson could be a bounce back guy with Sean Payton we have Drake London on this team we have Jahan Dotson on this team and when you look at the inexpensive ways to play this where you have a run pass element at the QB position I think that you have to really like the additions of Jacoby Brissett and taylor heineke as it relates to where those young hubies are now a team is going to try and create as much flexibility as it can that doesn't mean that they won't go out in the draft especially if the right players fall to them and add a guy to jump a sam howell and yet at the same time i like those offenses as really inexpensive ways to play this we're trying to create as many pathways as possible. We're trying to create as much total value as possible, especially this early in the off season. I mean, you can build some teams where people are going to look back and say, "How did you ever have the ability to draft those guys?" Well, in order to do that, you have to draft some players you think are going to be big time risers. So, that's what, kind of where we are from that perspective. Colin Blair has a great article out. On the site on Jalen Hyatt we think that he's probably going to be or at least right now is a little bit undervalued I think he's going to be someone who screams up the board after the NFL draft are you comfortable taking him here
1: let's go yeah I'm always comfortable getting these rookies because as we've talked about on the show and maybe with some people maybe new listeners uh, this year but the rookie value at this particular point generally the players are going to see the biggest jump in ADP based on landing spot you know we've been through the testing process at this point but Adding those rookies in is something that uh, I think is always positive to try and do where we can, and we got to a little bit of a flat zone there too, Sean. When we're looking at potential players in terms of non- rookies that I would have been probably looking to select, there is a number of running backs in that range, but non-running backs, you're probably looking into the tight end position and and Dalton Schultz. Um, then you're into a lot of the quarterback options, and what the quarterback options, as I mentioned, there is. Still a lot of them there for us. You know, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Jordan Love, Matthew Stafford, Sam Howell. So lots of options there available to us. Jared Goff did just go off the board at the 10-11. Zay Jones went at the ten oh nine. 9 Tyler Boyd, 10-10. So I, I do think that when you have a lot of quarterback options like that, it makes it a little bit easier to, to let things slide a little bit further. But we now stand at three running backs, seven wide receivers, no tight ends, no quarterbacks. We love to do things, Sean, that uh, are are not the conventional way to do things. So we'll see how we round this out. We love. We also love those. Uh, you either get the quarterbacks in the window, Sean, or you get the quarterbacks who are kind of at the back door of the draft. It can be can be a way to look at it too. But we are we are set up here two selections away by ADP. We have Geno Smith, Alexander Madison, are the top options by ADP. Then Russell Wilson, Dalton Schultz. I'm kind of interested in. Aden Schultz here if he makes it back to us how do you feel about him at this point as he does actually make it back
2: I would be okay with Schultz I think that his opportunity is still significant I think they're going to draft a young fun QB who needs someone specifically to throw to needs a little bit of outlet potentially I think that Schultz a little more talented maybe than people are giving him credit for not just a product of that Dallas offense is that your preference here
1: yeah that is and when we look at the options that are available then at tight end you know Cole Komet uh Chase of Conquo i mentioned then you've got greg Dulcich, mike gosicky trey mcbride sorry and dalton kincaid and when you're looking at those I, I like you know obviously it's changing teams which is something that's not preferential but you get uh him and i think then you're into p- probably a three tight end build and if you can get two of those guys you know either entering their rookie or second year or even even a commit who is now technically turning into an nfl veteran um I think that's a nice way to to play it. Have Schultz there as a, a kind of, I guess, a security blanket at the tight end position. But we did talk about him on a recent show, and his production over the last three seasons has been been very, very strong for the Cowboys. And although Houston, you know, aren't a, going to be a juggernaut this year, I, I do think that they will also rely on him. With, for example, Brandon Cooks now no longer being with the team, it's going to free up more targets, and I think Schultz is in a good spot. The next tight end that did go was Komet. We were in a zone there where we got. Uh, Madison, Brian Robinson, Kenneth Gainwell all went off the board just before commit. Then Donovan Peoples Jones, nine picks again to us, Sean. So we have a little bit of time to wait. How are you feeling about the the team overall now that we've added that tight end? We're probably going to hold off a little bit. Any any players that you know you feel like we have to make a
2: a grab for here uh, to make sure we get on a roster in this kind of twelfth round range? No, not necessarily. I love what we've done in terms of creating. The foundation and the upside at both wide receiver and running back. Obviously, that means we're going to be weaker at quarterback and tight end. And so you want to make sure you have the right contingency based plays to create both a little bit of a floor, quite a bit of upside, and the right mix with the other players you've drafted. I like the possibility of adding late at the running back position rookies who could jump. A Spears could really jump. A Tucker could jump. Miller, Evans, Dwayne McBride could jump. Chase Brown could jump. All of those guys could be big, big risers, so we want to feather them into the roster late. I still really think Trey McBride is going to have a fantastic NFL career, and the target competition in 2023 could be pretty limited there in Arizona. Dalton Kincaid could be the top rookie tight end. Mike Kosicki... his price is held down not only by his own performance, but by the fact that the last two big free agent t- signings at tight end for the New England Patriots were both busts, but I think he still has immense upside if you believe in Mac Jones at all. The question I think here is Russell Wilson. He's going to be below his ADP. He's less interesting, I think, to other drafters because we have Jerry Judy, which is really the main guy to go with him. Colin, I was going to ask you, do you like him there? But he does go at pick 138. We're now on the clock at one forty. Kyler Murray also gone. What direction do you like here?
1: I'm good with either going with Dulcich at tight end or Wendell Robinson at wide receiver. Anyone else you have a preference for out of those two guys? Outside of those?
2: or Let's go with Dulcich. He's someone who could be... the, the huge breakout guy here we know that he was a favorite of the previous coaching staff they had really prioritized him in the draft he was the player they really wanted to build their offense around as you know mildly absurd as that sounds he flashed in a big way middle of the season he had injuries down the stretch so wasn't able to finish on the high note that probably would have lifted him even higher and then you have the change in coaching staff You get a new situation where the coaching staff doesn't have those same previous connections to him. But when you think about what Sean Payton was able to accomplish with Jimmy Graham there with the New Orleans Saints, now that's not to say that Greg Dulcich is Jimmy Graham, but I don't think that we're going to be shying away from Dulcich because of the coach. This could be a real catalyst for that breakout. So I'm fine with that pick, especially as we're trying to create upside at that position late. So one of the interesting things here, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, they are both available. I've mentioned on several occasions that I think that there is risk and downside if you're drafting them really early in Dynasty. And yet, when we're talking about this late in redraft, when you need QBs, they become kind of interesting. Young does go at 145. Stroud's still available. Jordan Love available, I think, a, an interesting pick this late. Matthew Stafford, kind of that safe guy. And then Howell and Ritter, both players that we'll try and wait on and hopefully not wait too late. What are your thoughts of this pick?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm good with quarterback here if you want to go that way. Um, and I'm interested in either Stride or Love. Probably probably going with Love, though, for... Again, I was going to say for the, the security of a starting role this year, but uh, we're still lingering on, Sean. Uh, feels like we'll be lingering on at week one with the, the Aaron Rodgers situation. Uh, but yeah, Jordan Love. And again drafting at this point of the year it is a, a three dollar draft as we've mentioned a few times you get jordan love at this point going at the you know the the 149th pick 1305 and i think obviously there is a price and enough Aaron Rodgers likely not being there in green bay which leads to love being the, the starter but i i also think that if when that is confirmed and and love then is the, the clear starter for green bay i think he is moving up the, the draft board a little bit here sean do you think we see him kind of in that 11th round range, or do you think he is staying in the 13th round range even, even when Rodgers is moved or retires or, or whatever happens at the end of this uh, never-ending saga?
2: Yeah, I think the assumption here is that he's the starter. And so I think that the price isn't going to move a lot until we start to get rave reviews of him in the offseason. One of the things that really was encouraging in terms of Romeo Dobbs last training camp and then into the preseason was the connection between those two guys in preseason games was extremely impressive you have christian watson there who is even more dynamic than dobbs i think that there you know are concerns from people you have an unproven quarterback and you have unproven wide receivers I and mean, that's why you get that kind of price the thing that you would love to see would be to love for love to use some of his athleticism and add some rushing yards but I think this offense is going to be more dynamic than people expect. You obviously have two running backs as well who can take screen passes and go 30, 40 yards with them, can add receiving touchdowns with them, even though we don't have either of those two players. And Dobbs does just go at the 155. So Dobbs goes ahead of players like Rashid shaheed Rondell Moore, uh, Isaiah Hodgins. Hunter Renfro, Nico Collins, that part, you know, arguably a little bit interesting, but it is one of the reasons why we took so many receivers early. This group of receivers outside of Ron Moore, not compelling at all. him as we move through round 14 here, the 13-14 turn was Valdez, Scantling, and Hodgins. Most of those guys, interesting reality players. MVS, if he kind of remains in the current situation with Kansas City, you know, he's going to have at least one or two blow up games. Isaiah Hodgins, one of those guys that our prospect analysis rated him much more highly than what the NFL did. You know, coming out of college, he's now paying that off. You know, at the same time, I think that when it's all said and done, the receiving group with the Giants, it's not going to be elite, but it's going to be crowded. And so I don't know about the overall volume there, even though love the player. Again, that's one of the reasons why we built the team around those wide receivers early. As it heads back for our pick, Stroud is still out there, and so we could add him on an addition. Rondell Moore, somebody we'd have to consider here. Jeff Wilson, after re-signing with the Miami Dolphins, when we're talking about round 14, I mean, he's going to have some big games. He could be the tournament winner we have two tight ends now we're going to add a third but we could probably afford to press it a little bit on gasicki mcbride and kincaid a lot of opportunities here a lot of options what direction do you like
1: yeah, wilson goes off the board so he's gone but rondell moore is an option but quarterback i think strides an option i think we could hold off potentially and get of. Howell as well so i'm good with more our quarterback Uh, probably
0: lean more unless you want to go astride we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
3: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: Okay, so we will take Rondell Moore there. I I just... Looking around the
1: the boards, I think a a lot of the teams here are at two quarterbacks now at this point. uh, Team drafting here at the 14 11 has one quarterback so i I think we could see them potentially add one of these two guys but by adp i think it probably will slide back around i'd be hoping that we get one of them he does add jimmy garoppolo actually who wasn't one of the two targets that we had in here the other quarterback that went shot in this range that i'm interested in who wasn't in our queue is kenny pickett obviously we like both of his wide receivers he has pat firemouth there as well interested in Pickett, or do you think the adp here is just a little bit too sharp for him i, I think it's a you know when we're into the range where jimmy garoppolo is going for example i, I think that he's he's interesting and I, I, he's somebody i would prefer to take for the potential upside over somebody like matthew stafford who's going in that same range
2: yeah Pickett is a, a great selection he probably the person that we should have considered at our pick he's a little bit more interesting when he falls to you after he, he did you go have... at
1: the 1405 so he just was gone just before that last selection yeah
2: Right, right. But when we took love there, so yeah. the the question I think, you know, are you mostly exclusively taking Pickett when you have drafted Deontay Johnson, Friermuth, or you know, certainly George Pickens? You'd be looking at him, Column, You have the rookie tight end still available here. Gasicki probably not going to come back around to us. We have so many of those rookie running backs they're basically all still available so not really creating an issue for us in terms of being able to get one of those guys we're back on the clock it's round 15
1: do we want to seal up the tight end position or do we want to make sure we get uh i I don't think we need to get sam howell here because you know we obviously have a stacking option with redder but probably clean up here at the the tight end position maybe
2: sean's overruled me (laughs) Well, let's take Spears and see if he ends up being one of these huge risers post-draft. One of the reasons why I wanted to kind of create additional value, and I say that Spears was also someone who was well below his current ADP, and not only is below the current ADP, but someone who could, I think, jump two, three rounds after the NFL draft. One of the trendy types of players where you could really see how that would lend itself or end up in being selected much earlier in the reality draft than i think current perception indicates we'll have more of that on the site and in some future shows but i guess for me the fact that trey mcbride and dalton kincaid both still out there and i think that kincaid actually might be the league winner for us with that being the case and with us already having two tight ends i didn't necessarily want us to get boxed in To or box out of taking McBride or Kincaid if they end up just falling so perfectly, especially in a three tight end build. Those guys, I mean, more uncertainty. And yet, I mean, Mike Gasicki, and this isn't to say I'm selling him, I'm I'm buying Mike Gasicki. And yet when you're looking at those three guys side by side by side, Gasicki has had a lot of opportunities to prove himself at the NFL level and just hasn't really quite done it.
1: I like Gieseki, but I would rather at ADPs have those two guys ahead of him. So I would be flipping the ADPs, and I, I would be going with McBride, then Kincaid, and and then Gieseki. But uh, we'll see how it goes. We are six picks away. Take one, Thornton. Sean goes off the board. Who is somebody I like to get if you're looking for wide receiver in this range? But it, it feels like these next two selections, Sean, were probably I think here. You know, in terms of ADP, how things sit. McBride is 185, Kincaid is 196, we are at pick 183 at the moment, we'll be picking at 188, so they are both definitely in play, Sam Howell then is 209 by ADP, Desmond Ritter is 222 by ADP, so I I feel like in the next two picks there, possible options, obviously there is other running back options that you've added into the queue here, Sean Tucker for example, Mac Jones is a quarterback option who goes in this range as well, I would still prefer the other two options probably over mac jones that i talked about there and howell and Ritter, but three selections away who's your who's your dream pick here out of these guys and sean you've talked about Chuba hubbard as well a couple of times he i see his name creeping up the the board here
2: yeah he's one of these guys where we're hoping that maybe we can use him to fill out rounds 19 and 20 we have five remaining. his
1: adp is like 15 picks away <laughs>
2: I love Sean Witten for around 20 for these guys. Yeah, I mean, they uh, when you're in this range, those guys can obviously fall. But we have five picks left, and we know that two of them are going to be quarterbacks. One of them are going to be tight ends. So those three picks are taken. We're going to have two additional picks. We need more running back depth. Those picks will probably be running backs, just to give us a sense of where we are from a big picture perspective. Colin, we're up at 188. Both McBride and Kincaid are there. I overruled you the last time. Who do you want at the tight end position?
1: So Sean says that Kincaid could be the league winner for this team. Then he says it's my option as to which one we pick. If we're going, well, Sean, McBride you have, you have the well. control. I, I would pick McBride. You pick Kincaid. You do which one you want to do.
2: We're gonna take Trey McBride. He is our favorite tight end, and I called him, him into it. That favoritism uh, didn't really help us through the vast majority of the 2022 season, and then in Week 17, we're in the superflex tournament playoffs over at the ffpc our top five round guys don't score for a variety of reasons derrick henry taking the week off you have t higgins not playing due to the sad story there the rest of our guys injured well justin jefferson not injured he just doesn't score any points so he doesn't get in the starting lineup for us but we finish in the middle of the pack 16th out of 33 because of trey mcbride i mean that means we got to take trey mcbride on every team this year doesn't it
1: Probably not every team, but John, if people remember back to this time last year, uh, Greg McBride, or Greg McBride, Trey McBride, and Greg Dulcich were uh, they were almost on every team that I had last year in terms of uh, my draft. So um, I think they'll feature on a, a lot. And I think entering their second year, I, we've seen glimpses, flashes, I guess we'll say, from from both of those guys. And uh, I think Dulcich could be something potentially special here at you know over the next five years as a as a tight end. But I, I really do like Trey McBride. And I think we've rounded out a very nice tight end core with who we have there. I I was I was okay, Sean, if you overridden me again there. But uh yeah, like to, like, like to have Trey McBride in there. So these are always these are the moments that I fear when this team you know advances to the final of this contest. And you know, Trey McBride lets us down in the last week, I think. We'll be hearing that on a podcast next year. But we are one pick away, Sean. Sam Howell's there, Ritter's there. Feels like a good time to to take either one of those and then round things out. The other player who is there is, is Chuba Hubbard, Kendra Miller's there, Zach Evans at, at running back. So we could push quarterback one more round here if we if we really want to. And I, I'm up with the risk if, if you're up, but you're you're on the clock.
2: Yeah, I don't think we want to risk there being another Sam Howell true believer in this draft. Again, when we talk about this and we joke from time to time about the Sam Howell 100 percent roster club we don't joke Sean we love it
1: it's a, it's a motto it's a life uh, motto
2: <laughs> it's a life philosophy yeah, yeah it, we love no, it no i think it is a life philosophy and and we'll see if that life philosophy is uh, a successful life philosophy or yeah. <laughs> you know uh something we regret well uh, there is the potential for that to be a cardboard box philosophy yeah <laughs> as we as we get down the stretch in 2023 there is risk with it there's huge reward you're gonna miss on some of these obviously you're not going out there and drafting every single team with three quarterbacks and wasn't being sam howell as you play your fantasy leagues don't do that every time when one, one works, question on when you howell, have a Jahan Dotson, do it occasionally
1: yeah and to pair them up i think is, is a perfect time to you know push and get them a little bit earlier as well but we got them right around adp in this selection but Question obviously, when it pops up, there is may have to compete with Brissett, Jacoby Brissett, now with the Washington Commanders. They have shuffled out both Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz from last year. So, do you think there's a legitimate competition there? I think it's a case that Sam Howell gets the first crack here, and unless things mess up, that he is the starting quarterback here throughout the season. Is that the way you see it, or do you think they might try and ease him in behind a veteran at the start of this year? I think him. Getting some action at the end of last season there's a, you know, a clear picture to them wanting to give him the opportunity at the start of this year. And with them, I'm going to say only adding Brissette. I think Jacoby Brissette is better than both quarterbacks they had last season. And um, so I think they have really done a nice job in, in what they've done replacing those two quarterbacks. Do you think there's a legitimate competition there? Or do you think we're and there is only one right answer to this question, Sean? As well, um, is it is it just Sam Howell's job?
2: No, I mean, I think it's a legitimate competition. I think what you said too about Jacoby Brissett being better than the guys they had last year. I think that's true.
1: As an as an actual NFL quarterback, I think he is he's probably the most underrated out of the you know them kind of veteran uh, rosters. When you're looking in, you know, between twenty five and thirty five of the best quarterbacks, I think he's always the one that gets forgotten about.
2: Yeah, and one of the reasons that there was so much disappointment with. Deshaun Watson last season is that people didn't really give Brissett credit for just how well he played he was fantastic and the elevation that you got for Amari Cooper there was unreal he had a great season he could come in there and and start for Washington I mean he's one of the best 32 QBs on the NFL and you know if everything were perfectly efficient then you know you would have him starting for one of the teams. We're making the bet that Sam Howell was just dramatically undervalued. Should have been a top 10 pick in the reality draft last season. His teammates have said those kinds of things about him. And if that's the case, he will win the job. He has the upside to make it worth the pick there, whereas Brissett probably doesn't. That's the gamble. But it's it's definitely not a lock. I mean, I think it is a real competition. Colin, we're on the clock here. Chase Brown, Jerome Ford, Dwayne McBride. Really interesting running back picks. We have 10 seconds.
1: Are we passing on Redder then? With four seconds, you make the selection.
2: <laughs> so Column wants to make sure we get Ritter, which I'm okay with. That's at the 212. There is a chance that we would lose him if you passed. You have the I think there's
1: a I think there's a very strong chance we would have lost him there. He's he's about 10 picks ahead of ADP at that selection at the 212. But when we look around the board, there's quite a few teams with, with two quarterback bills that we'll be picking between that selection and when it comes back. So Baker Mayfield was off the board one selection after Ryan Tannehill's after going off the board three selections later. I do think that quarterback will get what would have got hoovered up there. So I, I, that, that's why I thought off it. I also tend to think when there's a situation where now we are five picks away from our next pick, the three running backs that we mentioned are kind of in a zone where I think that they could potentially all get back to us. So um, that that elevated them up. Is there one of those three names, Sean, that you have, a preference on and I always defer to Sean on the rookies he is much more uh, involved in the rookie side of things is there one of those guys that you have
2: clarity over the other two well Jerome Ford probably an undervalued prospect last season and he came out and he flashed with the Browns to the point where I mean they've been talking him up and he does look like he'll be or at least has a great shot to be the direct backup to Nick Chubb Nick Chubb, if he's healthy, obviously going to play a lot. They have tried to rest him at times, but again, in part because they had elite backups. Ford is someone who, again, when you're talking about in the 19th round, you look at the strength of that offense, the offensive line. It seems to be a no-brainer, I think, at this selection.
1: Okay, so McBride did go. We have the option of Ford and uh, Sean takes in we also had the option of Chase Brown so that worked out well for us to to go the quarterback to get the running back after that at this point in time Sean in terms of how things are sitting out we have three quarterbacks at this point then we have Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, James Cook, uh, Tysey Spears, Jerome Ford then it's Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Judy, Drake London, Jahan Dodson, Rashad Bateman, Jalen Hyatt and then Ron Moore and a tight end with one selection left to go we have Dalton Schultz, Greg Dulcich and Trey McBride. Sean, that team for me is uh, it is obviously people will look at it and probably say the quarterback is the the weakness of it. And I, again, we are higher on these quarterbacks I think than a lot of consensus. But I really do like to have the three of those paired together. Running backs looking strong. The wide receivers as we run through it, we have a lot of you know young wide receivers and that as well. As I know, we mentioned the veterans that we we do have in there in Hell and Hopkins, but even Jerry Judy, Drake London, Jahan Dodson, Bateman in there. We get the rookie and Hyatt and Rondell Moore, who feels still like an extremely young player, but is uh, in the NFL now third season, I believe we're entering at this particular point. But one pick left to go, Sean. I think this team is is looking pretty good. And we, I think we rounded out potentially here with, with one more running back. And I do see that, uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is just for my entertainment purposes or not, but Ronald Jones is in the queue here. Now, a Dallas Cowboy, you will not believe Sean how many DMs I got when Ronald Jones signed with the Cowboys. Is that wow. you know, it is it is kind of the uh, I think it's out of Dumb and Dumber, is it? The where where Jim Carrey says, So you're saying there's a chance? It, it feels kind of like that anytime anything happens with Ronald Jones, that is what people want to tell me.
2: Yeah, well, you also have the element there of uh, the definition of insanity but definitely yeah mostly what we're looking at with ronald jones is a really strong karma selection anytime you have ronald jones on your team you know that team is going to outperform even if he scores zero points which is what we got from him last season the other part there column was we do know that he's better than ezekiel elliott and so when tony pollard does need a breather i say that i mean ronald jones has his work cut out for him to win a roster spot to win the second string position he's in this now. The 20th round and the 20th
1: round i think we, we would be obliged i think
2: <laughs> we'd be obliged well there are still some quarterbacks that you could take you could go with a four qb bill here you can take levis you can take purdy i think that is interesting more interesting than a pure throwaway pick and that's probably what we're looking at at the running back position there are some interesting guys here joshua kelly with some of the ways that the chargers have been talking zamir white in a second season probably puts himself in a better position to be the guy if you have an injury so sometimes those players come out don't have great rookie seasons the starter is fantastic and it's easy to then just completely lose the fact that players do get hurt and the best sort of handcuff selections are often the cheapest ones that people have forgotten about because they didn't play out last season i mentioned that with the quarterbacks levis goes 20.3 purdy 20.4 neither one of those players make it back to us at the end of the 20th round so in some ways, ways up for Ronald
1: Jones. we <laughs> have liftoff we're one pick away sean i was gonna make a joke that i hope both quarterbacks got drafted before it came back to us and now i see sean has even Moved Zamir White ahead of Ronald Jones in the queue. So I'm hoping that Zamir White is the next pick here before it gets to us. And now Sean has moved multiple players <laughs> ahead of him in the queue. We are on the clock, Sean. Joshua Kelly did go. You have control. I'm not going to get my hopes up here. You can you can do as you as you wish. And also just to note, Daniel Bellinger, really disappointing to see uh Darren Waller come into town with with Daniel Bellinger, who I thought uh had a solid rookie year as well. Who are we going with Sean? Seven seconds left.
2: Well let's let's stick with the the rookie thesis and take an Evan Hall, another player who I mean if he hits in the right spot, you're gonna have you could could, yeah, you're... Could <laughs> He could land in Dallas. yeah you're gonna Ronald Jones could get cut because of him. <laughs> so You have that huge upside there. He's another interesting guy. If you're looking at the road of his rookie guide, you want to pull him up, see where he's ranked, see where he went in the various mock drafts. We did three mock drafts that were super flex. We did three mock drafts that were regular. So we have you covered for whatever your format is. Two other names who didn't really fit this build at this point, but were interesting players. When you're talking about rounds 19 and 20 guys that I had a little bit higher in the rankings then they were drafted in our mock drafts. Players, I think you're going to want to keep your eye on to see if the NFL agrees on their athleticism and what they accomplished down the stretch of their collegiate careers. Trey Palmer, Tyler Scott, give those guys a look. Receivers who don't go early are unlikely to make the big impact that you need in best ball leagues. Blair has some great research on that and how you want to build, who you want to select late. But those are a couple of other names that, are going to feature in content on the site over this next month. Some guys who will be on the podcast, some guys who, yeah, I mean, last season when we were doing some of our shows during the draft, and Romeo Dobbs was a guy that we talked about at extreme length and we're excited about. And then he goes out, has a good off-season, has a good training camp, and then mixed results, I think is the fair way to put it as a rookie a lot of misconnections with Aaron Rodgers, but someone who became very, very relevant wasn't a big name at this time last season. There are some guys there late in the draft that we just did. Think about rounds 19, round 20. We mentioned you don't want to throw those picks away. You want to construct your roster in a way that you could get big value out of them. Because it was a 20-round draft, I gave us some more flexibility to go with both three QBs and three tight ends. That's a lot more difficult in the 18-round format that we're going to see with best ball mania once that starts up column this is a team that was a lot of fun it's a team where i like the structure it's also a team that has extreme upside and that upside is what we're looking for to win a tournament and so much of it does boil down to sam how desmond ritter are those guys the starters and the reason that we are looking at them is that if they do start their fantasy profiles or what you're looking at there are some guys who are safer but don't have the league winning upside don't really have a fantasy profile that works for you even if they're playing and so that is the choice if you can get a guy late that's sort of a binary outcome where if he hits he hits big if he misses then that particular team is busted but at the three dollar level you want to take some of those shots i had a lot of fun with this colin what's your recap here how are you feeling about this team now that it's all said and done?
1: I, I really like this. And what I am going to say, Sean, is we're going to save that as a little bit of a teaser because I do think that because it's a 20 round draft, because we went through it as we did, I think we'll do a full breakdown off this team on one of our upcoming shows probably next week. But I think rather than rapid fire through it in a you know a two minute, I think we'll dive into it because I think there's a lot of players in here as well that we haven't talked a huge amount about. And when we were going through it, we were kind of, dipping in but players like deandre hopkins for example talked about you know deandre swift as well and how close he is to david Montgomery in terms of adp then the the quarterbacks as well i think we can dive into it a little bit more bateman we didn't talk a huge amount about james cook so i think we can talk through that as well i i really like this team i mentioned sometimes with drafts there's certain points of the draft where maybe you're like this team isn't falling exactly the way that i would like it to but today I'd if one or two picks, we had multiple options at every single pick. I thought ADP played with us today, and it worked out. in this draft room helped us out getting some of the selections that we really wanted to, to nail down. So I'm very happy with this team, Sean. But this is one I think we will dive into in a little bit more detail, look at some of those 1v1s and 2v2s based on ADP and how things played out. But really like this team. As we get ready to wrap up today's show, I want to give a reminder that you can get a of his nfl pass and get a 10 percent discount off said nfl pass with the code rbradio radio 2023 at checkout gets you access to all the tools all the content up on rotaviz.com. fantastic work from the team up there every day on the website i would highly recommend checking that out of course you can check out sean's work up there as well we will have another Rotaviz overtime podcast to come later this week we'll be dropping friday we will see how the scheduling falls at the moment it might be monday afternoon eastern time then wednesday then friday we'll see how it goes from week to week but we're we're aiming for those three shows if we can get them out for you as the offseason progresses we are not going to be far away from the nfl draft popping up we are going to have some guests on to talk about the prospects we'll have someone after the draft as well so looking forward to some three man podcasts as well as we move forward here but that was a that was a hell of a draft sean i i really enjoyed that
2: Yeah, it was a good time. Hopefully the listeners enjoyed. Hopefully you're out there drafting yourself. Remember to use the coupon code Rotoviz when you sign up over at Underdog. Get yourself that 100% deposit match up to $100. We'll be back soon with more. This was so much fun.
1: Yeah, really, really fun. So we will be back with that additional show on Friday. As I mentioned as well, it may change from week to week, but subscribe to the Rotoviz Overdown Podcast. We get every show once it is released as soon as you can get it. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out all of Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotaviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotaviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotaviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotaviz with a discount through the Rotaviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.